Yeah, at all of our campuses, you know, we just have to take a minute and stop and uh, say thanks, right, and have gratitude within our heart for men and women who have served in our armed forces. Uh, many families, even across our campuses this weekend, have been impacted by the loss of someone who's given their life so that we can have the freedom uh, that we get to enjoy each and every day. And so if your family has lost someone, we're grateful, and we're grateful for the sacrifice that uh, you have made and uh, they have made by giving their life. But there are so many others who have served or are presently serving as well, and we want you to know that we're praying for you. So, And we also want to tell you how grateful we are. So stand up. If you've served in the armed forces uh, either presently or in the past, would you just stand up where you are so we can say thanks? Incredible. Thank you guys and gals so much. We are truly grateful. And, you know, we just want to welcome all of our campuses, uh, be here at Pellissippi or in our Blunt County campus or North campus as well. And last weekend, our core members voted uh, 99%, I believe, to uh, acquire two new campuses through LifePoint Church. They have an Anderson County campus as well as a Campbell County campus. And so isn't that going to be awesome to welcome two more churches as a part of our uh, Faith Promise Church uh, family? And so we're excited about that. And I want to give you a little bit of information uh, just very quickly so that you're aware of some of that transition, how that will happen. And the first thing I would like to ask you to do is to stay put. You know, don't go to either of those campuses yet. And you would say, well, you're asking us not to go. Well, that's exactly what I'm asking you to do. Stay here because we're not ready and to, for you to go there, and they're not ready for, to receive you there yet, okay? So don't go there. And if you're at the North Campus, uh, if you're serving there and, and committed there, stay there for us at this point. And then at sometime in the next eight weeks or so, we'll come back and let you guys know, okay, we're ready. If you want to make that campus your campus, home, either one of those, go there. It won't be a problem in the future, but right now we're not ready. We've got to transition those locations and get them prepared to do ministry in the way that we do it for Faith Promise, okay? And so you guys got that. Don't go yet, but we'll tell you when you can go. But before we get started this morning, hey, let's pray and just ask God to move in that as our churches come together to accomplish more for the greater good. Let's just join together and pray. God, would you just move in this uh, opportunity that we have with LifePoint to come together together to have a greater impact in our region. And as we, as a ministry, move into Anderson County, and then again, God, out to Campbell County, would you uh, just send your presence and God, allow us to meet needs just as we have in each of our other locations. God, would you just allow us in an amazing way to have the opportunity to reach people uh, beyond what we ever believed that we could as a ministry? You've been so faithful to our church. And we just say thank you, God. You are so good to us. And uh, we just love you and praise you and say that you're the best. And God, apart from you, we can't accomplish anything that we desire. But God, with you, we can do anything that you put our path to. And so we just come believing that this is your will and your purpose and ask you to direct our steps and order us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, this weekend, we continue our Passport series, and last week, Bert Rosen from CARM just did an incredible job of helping us to see how sometimes God asks you to do things that you're not quite ready for. 
As Bert shared the story about his son and how his son is living on the streets, as far as they know, homeless, and, and yet at the same time, God called him from a ministry where he was and he was satisfied to move into a context where he was unsure about and how God has used that in his life and in Carm as a ministry in an amazing way. And this morning, I'm going to ask you to do something that we often do as a part of Faith Promise. I'm going to ask you if just for a few minutes, you would be gut level honest with yourself. Now, can you guys be gut level honest? Are we a church where we can be honest with ourselves about where we are in certain areas? You guys, don't be scared. I'm not going to ask you to do something crazy, but can you be honest with yourself? Everybody there at our campuses, can we be honest with ourselves? I want to hold up a sign for you, and, and I want to see if you can just, in your heart, uh, really get in touch with yourself about what you think when you see this sign. Are you guys ready? Are you ready? Here we go. Here's the sign. Do you, do you, do you feel that? Do you, do you get where you are with the sign? Now, I don't know about you guys, man, as, as God just has been getting all over me about this, I, I've been praying and just seeking him over the past few weeks, and I started thinking the things that I think when I see this. You know, I don't know about you guys, some of you think, why don't you get a job? You know, somebody's holding this sign up on the interstate, it's the corner, and there's a McDonald's right down You just, just walk down there and get a job, and other people think, oh, that's a scam artist. I bet that guy or gal's driving a better car than I am. They're probably living in a better place. They're, they're getting rich off of holding a cardboard sign like this up on a street corner, right? And then there's another group of people who just say, you know, I, if those type of people actually stay in our area, then w what are we going to do? You know, what's going to happen if, if they're here? Call the police and, and get them out there to get them picked up. We need to get their type out of this area. Do you guys know what I'm talking about when you see a sign, when I see a sign like this? Others of us were really uh, uh, afraid. You know, I don't know about you guys, but when we see the sign like that when we're on vacation, do you know how you like, you know, you don't, you don't really care about that person, but you like slide your finger up to the door like lock the doors, you know, and, you, and you're moving it up and you hit the lock button, you know, and it's like, I mean, you're afraid this person's going to come jump at the car or something and, and get in, even though we, we've never probably really seen that happen. And for most of us, the sign that I just held up, it's not a positive one. It's not a sign that we look at and think positive thoughts about. And it hit me as I was think, thinking about my own response to this sign, will work for food, that the culture in our world, really the culture in our country, has become one that it lacks compassion. Do you know what I'm talking about? We've become compassionless at some level when we see signs like that. We, we are skeptics, right, when we see things. When someone says they need something from us, we are just very skeptical. And then I thought, you know what, the church has become compassionless as well. Right, the church has become compassionless. I mean, so often, I mean, if you guys would just know if you were around in ministry sometimes and, and just the things that people see as they realize that sometimes people come for help, but they don't really need help. People even today scam uh, the church and churches in our community and the communities around our country. But the reality of it is all that's impacted me personally and I think it's probably impacted you guys personally as well that most of us have become at some level compassionless to the things that are going on around us. 
Most of us have lost really that that deep-seated compassion that we should have for other people because of something that we've seen or that we've heard or that 2020's done an an expose on or something like that. And here's what I, I think I find among most of us today, and I think we can agree on. For the most part, most of us desire to receive compassion, but we like to give justice, right? I mean, candidly, if, if I were to do something wrong and, and, and make some bad steps and we were to end up on a street corner and I was holding a sign up like this, I wouldn't actually think that people shouldn't help me, right? And I think if you were in the same place, you would say the same thing. Hey, you know what? I'm just down on my luck or, or, or you know, we just, we made some bad choices. But when we see someone else holding that sign up, what do we think? That, that person's a bum, probably a drug head. I bet they're an alcoholic, right? But if we have the same thing, if we're in the same place, we want people to think differently about us. And most of us tend to err on the side of lacking compassion and not having compassion. And at the same time, we love to throw the book at people. We love justice. Right? We love to look at someone and say, this is what should happen to them. This is what should, should be, you know, if they did this, then they should get this. I mean, if you watch the news regularly enough, you hear about the tragic things that are happening to people in the world and, and in our country. And we think, you know what? We don't look at the person who, who has bombed uh, the, the city of Boston at the, at the marathon and say, you know what? Take it easy on that guy. Man, you know, I, I, what if I was in the same place? What would I want? We don't think that. We think, take, throw the book at them. And we do that for everyone, except for most of us, when the commercial comes on TV of the small children in Africa whose stomachs are, are, are malnourished and their body, they're weak, and you can tell. And for small children in foreign countries, we actually feel a little bit of compassion. But for people in our country, we feel really no compassion at all. And God just began to deal with me to say, you know, what's the balance that we're supposed to have in this? Because there are moments where we need justice, Right? There are moments where justice actually makes sense and and we need to help someone by teaching them. But then there are other moments where we need to be compassionate and as a people, we need to have compassion. In the Old Testament book in Micah, where we're going to find just one verse that we're going to look at this morning together, uh, there's a really interesting passage because it's the nation of Israel. And what we learn is that the nation of Israel had actually become religious, but they no longer were pursuing the relationship that God desired to have with them. Uh, The Bible actually gives this thought, and, and one writer said, they had really become religious, but they were no longer helpful. Right, so there was greater religion than there had ever been in their time, but they had absolutely become unhelpful to the, to the nation and to the, to the people that were around them. And it's the same thing for most of us today. The church, if people were looking at the context and, and thinking about the church today, they would say, most church people are religious, right? But most church people are rarely helpful. You know what I'm saying? I mean, church people are normally religious, but so often they're not help, helpful. Now, let me tell you how this works out in the 21st century, and you'll see this. You have a coworker, and your coworker comes in, and they're a little bit of a pain. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, they're the coworker. You don't know the one who comes in. Do you know what I'm talking about? Some of you don't realize you're the one, maybe, but there's, there is a one. 
And they come in, they say, you know what, it's just been a terrible morning. Last night, my mom uh, had to be taken to the, to the hospital via the ambulance, and, and she's going in for emergency surgery today, and you're thinking, oh, good grief, you know, another thing. And, and so you do the religious thing. What do you do? You say, I'll pray for you. Right? That's what we say. I'll pray for you takes care of everything for believers, doesn't it? I mean, it's like, I'll pray for you. And we even muster up just this real uh, false empathy when we say it. Like, we're never going to pray for you. We don't even believe the story that you're telling us. But, you know, and, but we're going to say it. I, I'll pray for you. And then when that person looks back and goes, thank you so much. You know, also my mom, uh, she doesn't have a lawnmower and her grass is going to need to be mowed. And uh, I didn't know if maybe you could help out or, uh, you know, could you do something for me? And she doesn't have money to pay for the gas and all these things. And we go, you know, my life is so busy. I, I mean, I'll pray for you. I'm going to, this is where we get really compassionate. We'll say, I'm going to pray that God meets that need. Right? Because we really don't have compassion. We really don't have empathy for that person. What we have within us is a religious spirit that says, you know what, I don't really believe this person. I'm not sure that they're telling me the truth. I don't know that I care about what they're saying. And so I'm just going to respond in this religious way to say, you know what, I'll pray for you. I'll pray that God meets those needs. You see, it's easy to be religious, but it's difficult to be compassionate. It's easy to say, I'll pray for you. It's difficult to get involved and make a difference. And the book of Micah, chapter 6, verse 8, in the verse that we're going to look at this morning, just one verse, and a couple of verses before that, the nation of Israel shows us where their heart had gone. Actually, in Micah chapter 6 and verses 6 and 7, uh, the nation of Israel uh, begins to, to hear from Micah that God's saying, hey, you guys don't care anymore. You're religious, but you don't have a relationship with me. You don't have the compassion that God desires for you to have for his people. And they stop and say, look what we've done. We've, we've, we would offer thousands of calves. We would give burnt offerings. We would give rivers of oil. But you can tell where their heart is from the last thing they say. And they say, if that were not enough, we would sacrifice our children. Now, if you're a parent, you know that's not a sacrifice. Because you thought about sacrificing your kids a lot of times to the Lord. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like when you think about that, you go, well, that's not even a sacrifice, man. I got to, on a daily basis, I think about sacrificing our kids. You guys think the same thing. And what we realize about them is what we can see for most of us if we hold a mirror up of God's word into our life, and it's this, is that they were willing to offer everything but the thing that God wanted. God wanted them. But they wanted to give everything else. They wanted to give prayers. They wanted to give things that didn't really matter. And God's saying, I want you. I don't want your sacrifice. I want your heart. I want who you are. I want you to give your life over to me and follow after me and accomplish the things that I have called you to. And I think for most of us, we realize that we struggle, that we, uh, we struggle to respond by being compassionate over religious because we're honestly not deeply moved by the needs of most people. We're normally deeply moved by our own needs. Do you know what I'm talking about? 
I'm deeply moved by my own needs. When things go wrong my way, then I need God's help. But when things go wrong in your life, you made a mistake. You shouldn't have done the things that you did. And so I'm going to throw the book at you and ask people to have mercy on me. In Micah chapter 6 and verse 8, the Bible tells us actually an insight into how we should respond uh, in moments like this is God is really trying to draw his people back to himself. And I think he's doing the same thing for us this weekend. He's trying to draw us back to himself. He's saying, hey, come back to me. And many times we say, you know, the Bible, it's so hard to understand. But these ver- this verse is so clear. I mean, listen to what he says here in uh, Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. It says this. He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? Is that simple? And what does the Lord require of you? And he gives them three things. He says, but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. The first thing that he asked them to do is he asked them to, to do justice or to act justly. And for a person living in Israel in this time, what that would have meant is, hey, I need to have a better sense of right and wrong at some level to them. And and if they took it a step further, it would have a greater meaning because actually this idea of justice was something that went into the legal system of the day. And actually the legal process in the nation of Israel was supposed to care for people. It was supposed to protect those people who needed to be protected, right? For the innocent people, they needed protection. And, And the courts would actually provide that protection that people needed. But what God was trying to tell his people through the prophet Micah and what he was trying to get them to understand is that he was calling them to be the legal system. Not that they would throw the book at people, but he's actually calling them to be the enders of injustice. He's actually saying to them, hey, you're not supposed to be the person who points out injustice. You're supposed to be the person who actually says, I'm going to be a part of the solution. I am going to be an ender of injustice. And for most of us, we're the same way. When we see an issue, we don't think about us meeting the need. We think about other people meeting the need. You know, if there's an 800 number and I can throw some money at something, that's good. I'll throw a little money at it. You know, um, last night uh, at our service, I I shared that uh, the tornadoes came through and attacked uh, the area of Oklahoma. It wasn't an attack. It was actually like an act of of nature. So, you know, you get in those moments where you're trying to say something, you can't get the right words to come out. And Pastor Wayne's been harassing me all morning about that, texting me and things like that. But right, we're supposed to be the enders of injustice. When we see people who are hurting, we're supposed to step in. And in our culture, we've gotten to this place where it means throw money at something. You know, people stand on the street corner and say, we'll work for food because they know that there's a certain group of people who they may not get involved in their life, but they'll just throw some money at them to try to fix the problem. But we're supposed to take an active role. We're supposed to, as the church, be the enders of injustice. We're supposed to to get into the place to where we make a difference. Our families got into uh, superheroes lately, and uh, Iron Man came out, and so they've been playing Iron Man 1 and 2 on television on like every channel over and over again nonstop. And we were watching those shows and, you know, I was thinking about that, that a superhero doesn't come in and say, you know what, I'm just going to make things better. 
I'm just, you know, I'm going to make things better. A superhero comes in and says, I'm going to end injustice. There's an evil uh, uh, plot coming against these people, and I'm going to protect the entire, entire country and make a difference. And, you know, Iron Man has that thing that glows in his hands. And I was thinking about Pastor Wayne, you know, just like, boo, throwing that thing and just like throwing him through the back wall of the Blunt campus, you know what I'm talking about? Like, that's what superheroes do. They get in a place where they end injustice. A superhero doesn't say it's just good enough if I think things are going to be okay for another few minutes. They say, no, I'm going to totally annihilate the injustice that's happening to these people. God has called us to be a superhero. He has called us to be the enders of injustice. He has called us to get involved at the level where we can become a part, where we say, you know what? It's not good enough just to give something, even though that's okay sometimes. It's not good enough just to be religious about it, even though we should pray for people. He's calling us to be an ender of injustice, to do justice or to act justly. The second thing, to love kindness. The literal word here is mercy. It is a Hebrew word that you should know if you've never heard it. And the Hebrew word is hesed. And the word literally means loyal love or loving kindness. And it actually is interpreted in the Old Testament to mean God's covenant love. In the Bible that we have today, we see Old Testament and New Testament. But in reality, what is a better clarification of what those terms mean is the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. And God made a covenant with Abraham, if you remember, back in Genesis chapter 12. And he said, I'm calling you out and you're going to be the leader of my people. And I'm going to make uh, my people as, as numerous as the sands of the seashore. And, and as, as, as Abraham is called out, he begins to journey on. And, and God begins to use him in an amazing way to be the leader of his people. And God says to Abraham, I am going to make a covenant with you a covenant of love. You are my people, and I'm going to protect you and care for you. So in the Old Testament, the word hesed meant God's covenant love for his people. Well, we recognize that in the Old Testament, there was this sacrificial system that God had put in place. And, and as people began to sacrifice, that, that wasn't working because it didn't meet anything. And, and so God just begins to say, hey, I have to do something else. I have to do something different. Right, because the compassionlessness of the people that are here, the compassionlessness of my people, it just doesn't make a difference anymore. I don't have their hearts. You know, one writer uh, said this, kind of relating this to the 21st century. He said, uh, he actually, in, uh, let me see if I can find this really quickly in, in my notes. He says, look at those people. This is how, how they would think, how we would think. Look at those people, how bad they are. Or look at their irresponsible behavior. We are proud of the fact that we are not like them. You know what I'm talking about? We're proud of the fact that we're not like them. But think about the covenant love that God had for his people. As This isn't really how the Bible says it happened, but, but Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit, they're in heaven, and, and all of a sudden the people again are so far from him. And he says, I, God says, I have to do something once and for all to take care of this. And they're like, you know, there is something we do once and for all. You promised not to flood the earth again. So let's send down fireballs and kill them all again and start over. And God says, no, 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 I love this people. And I've got to do something to care for them. And I've got to do something to show my great love for them. And the Bible says in the New Testament that God did not run from the problem, but God sent his son. 
God said, you know what? I'm going to be the ender of injustice. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Right? My Jesus was sent out. And God said, no, I'm not going to run from the problem. That's what most of us do. When we see injustice, we run from it. But he says, no, I'm going to love kindness. I'm going to love loyally my people. And I'm going to do something that will take care of their problem once and for all. And God sent his son. He didn't take something away. He sent his son. He actively became an ender of injustice to model for us how we are supposed to respond to people, how we are supposed to get involved in being a part of this idea of compassion, not just about giving, but us taking a personal uh, step in the direction of becoming a person who's actively ending injustice. And, you know, there's just a side note here. As the other day, Kim and I were unpacking this message, and, and uh, actually all the great thoughts that I have normally come from her, and so I have to use those, and, and then I have to give her credit for it as well. But she said, you know what? As you're talking about compassion, will you remind people that compassion isn't just something that happens for the underprivileged? Compassion should be who you are and what you do in your own home before you go and have compassion for others. You see, there's some people who have even this backwards. There's some people who go out and do everything for other people, but they're, they're, well, they're a jerk to their own family. And God's calling us not just to have compassion to people who hold up a sign. He's calling us to have compassion to one another, that as we as a family, even us as a church and a body of believers, that we would have compassion for each other. You know, God is calling us as a ministry to get together to accomplish his purpose and his plan for us to come together uh, to truly be a part of the solution, to be enders of injustice. And then the last one, uh, he goes on, and the last thing he says is to walk humbly with our God. To walk humbly with our God. And in reality here, we see that, we see this so often in, in ministry as we pastor our church. So many times we find out about something after People walk through a, a terrible, devastating time, and we find out after. Why? Because so often our pride swells up within us, and our pride gets so large that as we sink, we're unwilling to reach out to other people. And you know there are people here this weekend, across each of our campuses, there are people who are a part of the worship services who are literally moments, maybe days or weeks away from holding the sign. They're days or weeks away, and no one else knows it because they're unwilling to get help, to actually swallow their pride and take a dose of humility and say, I need help. Right? Humility is an attitude of my heart that says, hey, I depend on God more than I depend on myself. To walk humbly with compassion means that I respond differently than other people, right? The, to walk humbly says, hey, you know what? I'm going to actually not just be an ender of injustice, but I'm going to allow other people to be involved in my life when I need help. I'm going to allow other people to come in and minister to me when I need help, right? Because for all of us, we are going to go through things in our life that are going to create a situation that's going to put us in a place where we never thought that we would be. And in that moment... We need God's people to surround us and to come with us and care for us and show us the love and mercy that God has for us. Uh, let me finish up and just end up and get practical with you guys because in the next few minutes, I just want to give you three quick things that 
that we need to focus on together, I think, if we're going to ever accomplish what God wants us to in this area of compassion. And so uh, let's just close it out uh, with a few basic thoughts here. And the first one is this. I believe if we're ever going to be enders in justice, then we have to believe the best about others. I have to believe the best about others. You know what? God doesn't necessarily call you to do something, but God calls you to be a person of mercy. He calls you to look at the person who holds the brown sign up and maybe say, I don't know what's happened in that person's life, and I don't know how they got to the place to where they are today, but I can have mercy and compassion towards them and truly believe with the heart that God has placed within me that they deserve his love and the acceptance that God offers to me, that I freely give it to them. Right? We need to believe in people. We need to believe in each other. We need to believe in our families. We need to believe in each other. The second thing that we need to do is we need to ask God to cultivate a heart of compassion in us. You, you know, recently in our small group, uh, someone said, hey, could we study the fruit of the Spirit? I, I honestly like, that's the most ridiculous. Who hadn't heard a sermon? I've heard a million sermons on the fruit of the Spirit. I thought that was the worst idea anyone had ever had. And they'll probably be here in one of the services. But I really did. I, just, like, I told our small group, I'm like, I so didn't want to study the fruit of the Spirit. I think my attitude showed that I need to study the fruit of the Spirit, right? As I begin to study the fruit of the Spirit, I'm like, love, joy, peace, patience. But the fruit of the Spirit is. And I begin to ask God, since we studied that, man, would you cultivate your presence inside of me? Because the way that you know you're filled with the fruit of the Spirit is that your life is characterized by the fruit, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the gentleness, the self-control. You see, the fruit of the Spirit helps us to be people of compassion because the fruit of the Spirit actually working in our life and active in our life actually gives us the opportunity to express a greater compassion and love and concern for people because we actually have God's presence indwelling within us, the Spirit alive. And I just pray every day, God, would the Holy Spirit just be like a tree in my life? And the last thing that we have to do is we have to respond with action. You know, we have to get involved at some level. As a church, you know what, we, we actually are, are doing an okay job. We've got to take it, we've got to step it up a notch, you guys. I mean, we have to really step it up. We've got to get involved at a new level. I mean, if we're really going to make a difference in our community, if we're really going to make a difference in the world, we've got to get involved in the lives of the hurting. And you say, well, I don't know how to do that. I, don't, I mean, are you saying give money to a guy on the street corner? No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying God will show you if you truly ask what you're supposed to do. He'll make it clear. We tried to make it easy in this sermon series last weekend in all the seats. And now I believe at the information desk or in the lobby, there's this passport, which on the inside of it shows ways that you can get involved in serving and compassion groups and, and things that serving opportunities on mission trips and uh, adopting missionaries, praying for people, getting involved in, in kids hope and mentoring children, whatever it is. But we have to do something. Right? It won't just happen if we think about it. It will only happen if we become a part of it. If we become a part of it. And so this weekend, as you walk away, I'm asking you to, to ask God to change your heart. If you're like me, if your heart, man, if you would just say, man, I, when I see that sign, it, it says a lot of things that I don't want God to say to me. 
And I'm asking you to change your heart. But I'm also asking you to, to, to ask God to come inside of you in such a way that you will experience his presence in a way that you never have, which will cause you, in turn, to become an ender of injustice. Not just our community, because I think that's way too small for our church. I think with the gifts that God has given us, it should go all the way to the ends of the earth. As our campus pastors come up at each of our other locations, you know, I I don't know where you guys are. I I don't know uh, where you are in this whole thought of compassion, but you know what? I just have this feeling that there are people at each of our campuses that need to know that God's people care about them. They need to know. They, they need to experience the love and the mercy of his church. And we need to do that. But there's also a group of people who need to just say, hey, you know what, God? I need to tell you that I, I don't have a heart that's a heart like yours. And with every head bow, if you would just close your, close your eyes and, and bow your head and And maybe you would say, you know what, Josh, I need God to do a work of compassion in my life if our church is ever going to accomplish what God wants us to do. Would you just slip your hand up where you are and say, hey, I I need God to do a work of compassion in me. God, I just pray that this weekend that you would uh, just do a work in such a way that we would have the mercy that you have given to us, that we would dispense that to others, that we would truly be mercy givers to every person. God, we never deserved it. And at the same time, we ask you for it. And so we just pray, God, together, would you do a work in our church in such a way that we would actually go beyond just meeting needs in our community, in our state, in our country? Would you just take, uh, God, a group of people willing to accomplish more? Would you, in the justice and, and, and the loving kindness and in the humility that you bring within us, would you allow us to go out to accomplish even greater things? God, not for our glory, but because you have so radically aligned our heart with yours that we can do something amazing that will only be accomplished by you. So we love you. We commit ourselves to you. As we walk away, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would convict us to the point that we change. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now, maybe you would say, you know what, I want to get involved in that Dream Center mission trip. Uh, at this campus, Pellissippi, this weekend at our mission spot, there's a sign-up, and uh, that trip's happening later on in July, and uh, you can be a part of that. And so if you want to be a part of missions or going on a trip or supporting missions in a different way, the mission spot at the Pellissippi campus and at other campuses, there are opportunities as well where you can get involved in missions and becoming a part of it, becoming an ender of injustice, becoming the hero that God desires for all of us to be.